0: Hi everyone, this is Ping. Uh, This is a special episode dedicated to the LGBTQ plus series. And this is the third one. So I just tried it for the mini series and see how it goes. Um, I never had a series like this before, um, but I felt like if I collect a few stories together and put it into a series, it might be more helpful as we follow the topic lauren shared a lot about her journeys of coming out stories and all the way um from teenage years and also her interaction with faith and christian faith specifically and also what um her rationales are around her identities um I will leave the space for you, as I said in the episode note. I'm not gonna make any comments. I I feel she's very courageous to share all these stories, as well as the other two guests previously, Steve and Norberto, for the series. And I just want to shout out for them to share. This is a very um, personal journey, and they're well, they're willing to to share it with us. And if you have any thoughts or reflection feel free to share it with me. You can find me on Instagram or Facebook or even email if it's more personal channel. Um, let's get started. Welcome to Chai with Ping. This is Ping Robert. In this podcast I cover immigrant stories, cross-cultural experiences and minority issues. Join me with a cup of chai and take a listen. Sure. Let's get started. Okay. Okay. Welcome back to Chai with Ping. My name is Ping. Thank you so much for coming back to the show. And I am so excited today because this is the episode of the LGBTQ plus series. Before we start the story and the the interview, I just want to encourage you to follow me on Instagram and Facebook. You can also find the, the information from the episode notes and you can get some notifications when you subscribe to the channel, either on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to this episode. And yeah, so that's my commercial time. Today, I'm gonna invite this cool guest that I met on campus and I have several classes with her. And I just... I really admire her that calmness and scholarly uh, reflection that she always brings in the class. She identifies herself as a queer Latina and she lives in Denver, Colorado in the US, and she's also a PhD candidate in higher education at the University of Denver. She also works at the University of Denver as a program coordinator for the college Colorado Women's College Leadership Scholars Program and Equity Labs. It's pretty cool. We talk about it. That's that's just a a unique programming that she's doing. And she has been um, in the higher education for more than 10 years as a practitioner and a researcher. She strives to promote diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice in all the work she does. Let's welcome Lauren Codreras. Thank
1: you. Thank you for having me. So excited to be here. Were you flattered? I was, yeah. I was like, oh, I think you captured my essence pretty well. I do try to put off a calm uh, exterior, even though I might not be calm inside, but usually people (laughs) say Since that I bring out calmness which you know I, I try to do
0: yeah have you ever kind of like manifested that hysterical character inside of you <laughs>
1: <laughs> um yes when I'm very comfortable with people that comes out a little bit more so okay uh, generally I'm pretty calm cool collected but um you know with my family with my partner I am certainly much more um you know silly and outgoing <laughs> and weird, but um, uh it you know it's it's I, I do have to get into a comfortable space, but um once ah. I do, people say usually they can't get me to be quiet after that, so ah okay do you identify yourself as an introvert? i do yes, mm. I'm a pretty strong introvert um I tend to get pretty drained when I'm around a lot of people, but Uh, I do really enjoy interactions with people, um, particularly like these one-on-one or small group interactions is really where I feel like I can be myself and thrive and, and all of that. And I I like to be in bigger settings sometimes too, but usually I'll just kind of be sitting in the back observing and figuring things out. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So like when you're sitting in a group, you never have the urge, like, I want to speak up,
0: but Rather, Rarely,
1: just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rarely. Let everyone else talk before me, um, unless there's something I'm really passionate about or really yeah. want to share about. Um, and that happens, you know, from time yeah. to time. It depends on the day, it depends on the mood I'm feeling. So I might do that.
0: Ah, okay. Before we dive in into our stories, I would invite you to introduce a little bit of your backgrounds and identities.
1: Sure, yeah. Um, so, um, as you mentioned, I identify as a queer Latina woman. I um, grew up in Texas. I'm originally from uh, Texas. I was born and raised in Dallas, Texas, and I lived there until I graduated from high school at 18 years old, and then I went on to college at a small liberal arts college in Georgetown, Texas, which is near Austin, and um, and I went to my undergrad there. Um, My family is um, Mexican-American. Both of my parents identify as Mexican-American as well as uh, my grandparents. Um, My family has been in Texas for a really long time actually. Um, And I... uh, yes. Yeah, so my parents and grandparents both are all Mexican American. My family has actually been in Texas for a good number of generations. I would say um, only one of my grandparents, my dad's father, who I actually did not um, get to meet, um, was born in Mexico and um, then came over to the U.S. And so, um, but I still very much identify as being uh, Mexican American, Chicana. Um, It's part of my story and my history and and who I am. And I think a lot of my life, I have tried to understand more of my history and background and culture, because I think, um, you know, being a third generation Mexican American, a lot of times, it's not something, um, you know, like, I didn't learn Spanish growing up. I, um, a lot of you know, my parents and grandparents experienced a lot of discrimination in their time um, where they did not pass on the language. And so a lot of it was a journey for me to kind of understand and be proud of that background, which I very much am. And um, and so that and my, my family is as well. And I've learned a lot of culture and cultural traditions and things like that through, through my family. Um, And so I also identify as a queer and lesbian. I um, came to that understanding, I'll go more into that, but I came to that understanding as um, a teenager and now um, uh, have been identified as a queer Latina lesbian for almost half of, or more than half of my life now. Um, So um, the intersections of those identities is, is pretty important to me as well. Um, I did grow up in a fairly middle-class background. Both of my, uh, parents, well, one, my mom went to college. Um, my dad did not go to college. Um, but they both worked in service industries. My dad was a, a firefighter for 30, over 30 years. And my mom was a bilingual education teacher, uh, for over 30 years as well. So. Um, I think their dedication to service and um, commitment to the community is certainly a big impact on my own life too. Um, I do have two brothers. I'm the middle child of of three. I am the only girl. I have an older brother um, who's about four or five years older than me and then a younger brother who's about four or five years younger than me. Trying to think of other, ide- I think those are probably the most important identities to me. I uh, moved to Colorado about four years ago, or yeah, almost five years ago now, um, for after living in Texas for quite some time. And so, yeah, uh, yeah I've been here for a while now.
0: Awesome, yeah, S- since you already mentioned that you're queer, lesbian, Latina, what does mm-hmm. queer mean to you?
1: Yeah, so I think queer can encompass a lot of different things. Um, so I think queer has become a, an umbrella term for the LGBTQ community in that, you know, anybody under the spectrum uh, being lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, pansexual, anywhere else along the spectrum of of gender and sexual orientations could fall within a queer identity. Um And so that's kind of a little bit of what it means to me, but I think also it just kind of encompasses this fluidity to me as well. Um, You know, I I feel pretty strongly that, you know, I, I am a lesbian and I do, I I've only um, dated women for, you know, like I said, the last half of my life um, and would continue to do so. Um, And then, you know, as far as gender presentation, I do, uh, identify as female, but you know, there's times where you know, I do feel like gender is fluid and um, that we can perform gender in multiple different ways. And so, I think queer for me, I've been able to more embrace that identity, probably more so in the last few years, um, because I think it gives this like idea of fluidity and that our gender and our sexual um, sexuality is not static. It is fluid and is constantly moving in and out of time and space. And so that's why uh, I think I've embraced the queer identity a bit more. Thank you for sharing.
0: (laughs) Then we're going to move into your journey of being a lesbian, (laughs) queer and coming out and some of the family reaction. Would you want to talk about that?
1: Sure, yeah. So, um, as I mentioned, I've been, I have identified myself as lesbian and queer for, um, you know, the last half of my life since I've been uh, in my late teens. Um, but I think the journey begins even before that, right? Um, so, before I knew what it was, where I could put a label on it before I knew anything, you know. So, I think uh, as a, Young person, I always um, felt like something around like like certain women, or especially older women, that were like um, I don't know. I just thought they were so cool, and like it was almost like a wanting to be them. But um, you know, at that time when I was young, I wouldn't say I wanted to be with them or anything. But it was just like this feeling of excitement around them, this energy um, that made me excited. Um, and interested. And so I can take that back to earlier days, you know, when I was like young, um, you know, uh, like five to 10 years old or so. And, um, but I I didn't really see it as like a sexual orientation or identity at that point. I, you know, had crushes on boys and, you know, um, was into like boy bands. And, you know, I remember in middle school, I had like my, my room was just like plastered with photos of like boy band members and all the cute boys that people saw and stuff like that. Um, and then it was about when I was like, um, like 14, like early high school is when I, um, developed a, a crush on, uh, on a on a girl that I was in school with. And, um, I, I really didn't, I didn't know how to identify it. Like, I just knew I wanted to be around her. I knew I wanted to know more about her. Um, but more in a different way than I would a friend, like in a way that I would with probably a boy in the past, you know, at, at a different time. And so I was like, what is this like weird (laughs) feeling that I'm having? Like, I was like, I really think I have a crush on this. Like, this is more than just a, you know, I want to be their friend type of thing. And, um, so I guess another important identity that I didn't, are part of my identity, part of my background more so that I didn't bring up yet, but it's definitely a big part of my coming out story is that I actually grew up in a pretty religious household. Um, my mom's dad, my grandfather was a United Methodist minister and so uh, I grew up going to church. I was very involved in church since like the day I was born till, um till the day I left high school. And um, I was very active in our youth group. I was president of the youth group at different points. I even was involved in things on a, on a regional and national level um, with the United Methodist church. I, um, you know, so I was very, very involved in church. And so at that time, I hadn't reached that level of involvement, like at fourteen. But I, this was part of who I, how I was, and how I was brought up. You know, I went to church every Sunday um, with my mom and my brothers um, and my family, and um, so, and even though we never really, like my United Methodist churches, I would say have not have been, they're kind of been in the middle. I would say in terms of like they're not the most, um, like unaccepting but they're not the most accepting either you know so they've they've become more accepting over the years but um and that's been a lot of debate within the church as well but um so it wasn't like like i remember one of my friends who grew up baptist and and he's gay as well um would say that at church like people would actually say like you know being gay is a sin and da 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 and like that was part of the sermon and everything Um, um but at my church like we didn't really Nobody really ever said that, but I think it was implied in that, you know, nobody was really out. I'm sure there were gay members of the church, but nobody was really out. Um, It was also a very family-oriented church um, in that um, it was also a a Latinx church. So um, all of the members were part of the, for the most part, I would say like 98% were part of the, the Latinx community as well. Um, so that's another place where I, I embraced that part of my culture. Um, all of these families grew up together, knew each other for, you know, decades, like we know everything about each other and our families. And so, um, so everybody was always very welcoming in that sense, because, you know, we all loved each other for who we are because we knew each other for like we knew everybody in our family. So I never felt like anybody said like, oh, being gay was wrong or anything, but it was um definitely implied, you know, and it was implied, I think, in, in just the teachings of the Bible and things like that. And, you know, it was definitely like a uh, men min- uh, to be together. And th- those, those were the, the things that, you know, I was taught and what I knew. So I knew... Um, that, you know, as a 14 year old, I knew it was against my religious upbringing teachings. And so that was a real struggle for me. Um, and so I, once I developed this crush on this girl, I really felt terrible. I was like, this can't be happening. Like, I feel horrible. Like this is wrong. Like I need to pray this away. Like, Um, you know, I was like, God changed how I'm feeling and changed my mind and all of those things. And, um, and so, you know, time kind of passed and, um, I wouldn't say that, I, I mean, I just kind of, you know, as we kind of move in and out of crushes anyways, like I just was, I like, I eventually did not have a crush on that person anymore. Um, I, the next year of high school, I started, um, dating, a boy and was in a relationship with him for a little, for about a year. Um, and then (laughs) I met another girl actually through church, um, who went to another church, um, in another town actually. Um, but we were both involved in like the youth group. This was at the same time I was getting more involved in my youth group through church and having more opportunities to travel and meet people from different parts of the the state and the country. Uh, and again, it was like this instant connection that was this feeling I, like I had never had before. Um, and we did be initially become best friends. We were just friends for like the first year, um, but feelings continued to grow. Um, and this time uh, they were mutual and reciprocated. And at that point I knew like, this isn't going away. Like this is not something I can just get rid of these feelings will come up for different people (laughs) over time. Um, And so I started to embrace it a little bit more. It was challenging, I would say, uh, especially in those initial years, just because, again, of the religious uh, experience, Um, you know, I felt like I was doing something wrong. Like, um, you know, there was, I shouldn't be um, with a girl or with someone of the same sex. And so I, um, um, yeah, and, you know, I remember, you know, she was, we were both kind of navigating it because we were both involved, both very involved in the church. And so um, it was hard because, like, we didn't want people to know that we were gay or together because that, at that time that would have been, I feel like maybe now it might have been a little more, I don't even, even now probably not, but it definitely was not something that was going to be accepted at the time. And um I don't know, we were both trying to figure out if like this was something we wanted to do or not. or um, Yeah, I mean, but we just, we couldn't resist the way that we felt about each other and continue to, to be in that relationship with one another. Um, and so that was actually my senior year of high school and that her and I were in a relationship together. And then we um, each went on to college. I actually went to college uh, close to where she was from Austin and I went to college near Austin. So, um, that really didn't play into why I went there. I just wanted to go to that college. Um, and then, um, she ended up going to college in San Antonio, just, which is about an hour from Austin or hour and a half, I guess. And so we knew that we could commute and see each other and that kind of thing. And so we continued to see each other throughout, um, the first year of college. Um, and that's when I um, started coming out um, more so. Um, the first person I came out to um, was actually one of my good friends in high school um, that I grew up with since, like, I've known her since I was five years old. And she's one of the first people I told. Uh, I remember we were on a bus. I think we had come back from a field trip or something. I don't know what we're doing. And I just, you know, told her. And she was just super um, you know, said she still loved me, and um, she would always be my friend, and, like, that just meant everything to me in that moment, because I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't know if people are going to still want to be friends with me, or, you know, especially this person who had known me my whole life, and um, so that that meant a lot, and um, so she was the first person I told, and that was after, like, almost a year being in this relationship, Um, so I had really kept it to myself, which I think is kind of a theme in my story is like and it does create a lot of isolation when you can't be your full self and it and it and it is hard it is challenging and so having people that are accepting you for who you are um really takes a weight off of your shoulders in that sense so I was glad to be able to to tell someone and that they were um accepting and loving um, mm. I can see that you're getting a little emotional.
0: It's okay. I get emotional about a lot of things. (laughs) Oh, okay. Go, go, go. I I felt like. I felt like your friend showed her acceptance and makes you really safe, or like do you do you mm-hmm. feel like more secure in that relationship, or you know, just in your community, at least there's one person is open? Yeah.
1: yeah, I think it did kind of open the door a little bit more where I was like, okay, I told one person and she responded, okay, so maybe it's okay if I someone else, you know. Um And yeah, so it was, it was just a burden lifted off of my shoulders, you know, like I had been hiding and trying to keep secrets and all of this for, you know, almost a year at that point. And so it was just, uh, it was a relief, I would say, (laughs) um, to be able to tell someone um, what I was experiencing or what I was feeling at the time.
0: When did you decide to tell more people or even including your family?
1: Yes, yes. Um, so then, as I got to college, I um, was still in this one relationship. And my parents knew that um, this person was my friend, like we had been friends for before we were together in a relationship. So they knew who she was and like, you know, she came to our house and like all that stuff, you know, we, I went to her house and got da da da. Um, and I don't know exactly what happened on their end. But um I've never asked, but I, um, when I was away at college, I, I remember, um, you know, getting the sense that my parents might kind of be on to figuring things out. Um, I, when I would go back home, like my dad in particular would like bring up certain things or ask, like, I have a really good friend who's actually gay now (laughs) as well. Um, but we were like also we went to middle school and high school together and we were pretty much inseparable and he's male. And so uh, my dad would be like, Oh, I thought you and, um, and Marcus's name would get together. And, um, and I was like, no, we're just friends, you know? (laughs) And so he would ask stuff like that, or he would bring up my cousin who was gay at the time. And like just randomly who was like not even related to him because it was on my mom's side and my parents were divorced. So, he was like, oh, how's, you know, you know, that must be challenging for her or something. And I was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> like, I guess, you know, and I, I kind of knew what he was trying to do, but I was like, not ready, like myself to tell him, you know, it, um, but he was trying to drop some hints. I I could tell. And so, um, and then I think he got my mom involved, which I, again, I said, my parents were divorced. My parents got divorced when I was 12. I was, 18 at the time, um, and they, I think he started telling my mom like, I think Lauren might be gay. I think she might be in a This is what I'm imagining. I don't know. <laughs> you know uh, my dad's actually passed now, so I'm not. I couldn't even ask him, so I'm not sure. I could ask my mom though. Um, so you know, and because uh, so then I remember, I don't remember what I, it had to have been. I don't know. It had to have been maybe like spring semester of my freshman year. Um, my mom called me and we'll be talking the phone, but like she called me and was like, uh, I don't know if I remember how she asked it, but she, I, she said something to the fact of like, you know, your dad is saying that you might be gay or like, I, I'm not, or I'm just wondering if you are like, all I ask is that you be honest with me. And I was like, okay, well, you know, they're asking me, they want me to be honest. And so I said, yes, I, I am gay. Um, I'm in a relationship and, you know, and, and even though to me, it seemed like maybe they were ready because or at least they were curious because they were asking Um, They definitely were not ready um, to hear the answer on the other side, Um, which, you know, I think parents um, definitely, you know, have challenges with receiving that information. And so um, I knew it would be challenging for them. to hear that but at the same time I just felt like I needed to be like it was so hard to like not be myself and to lie to my parents you know who I love and you know don't want to not tell them the truth about what's going on in my life you know so um but yeah um you know my mom was pretty quiet I think after I told her and then she didn't really say too much and then I remember my dad, when I was like driving, um, I remember I was in the car, I was driving from Austin, San Antonio actually. And he, I think it had been a couple of weeks since we had talked after this happened. Um, he finally called and wanted to talk and it was just a very emotional conversation, probably a conversation you shouldn't have while you're driving. actually. <laughs> and so, um, I just remember shaking and I was like trying to drive. Um, and he, he was just like, he was like, but your life's going to be so hard. And da, 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 dating women is, is challenging. And you know, like they can be mean. And I was like, and I just remember saying like, well, you date women. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and, so, um, and then he was just like, ah, okay. <laughs> um, but, um, and he was just, he, he took it pretty hard, I would say. Um, again, I don't know all of the you know ways that he dealt with it or anything. Um, but within time, my, my parents actually were pretty, I think their initial reaction was tough, but um they they always ex- like they never said like, you know, we don't accept you, we don't love you, or anything like that. Like they definitely um still made sure to know that I was loved for who I was. I think they just didn't like understand what I was going through. And I think it was just um you know, a vision for me that they hadn't seen, you know, and, um, we're trying to come to reality with at that point. And so I was, I was trying to figure it out myself too. So, um, but yeah, I think it was tough, but within a month or two or three, I don't remember the exact time, went, but, um, you know, they definitely like, they still, like they had my girlfriend over to the house. Like they treated her with nothing but love and kindness and respect. Um, they always have treated me that way as well. Um, And so I think it was tough in the beginning, but I think they did the best that they could. It sounds to me that your parents care more about how you will be
0: perceived in the society other than, you know, what they see of you because they love you and support you, but they're kind of scared that how you walk out in the world and people are going to judge you or or there will be a lot of challenges that you're going to face.
1: Yeah, I think that was part of it. I think, yeah, the, you know, the, at least that's what they shared with me. Like, I think yeah. they, like, did see a lot of, you know, challenges and, or thought there would be challenges to my life and yeah. uh, things like that, so.
0: Was there any moments that you felt you were oppressed or misunderstood or unaccepted because of your identities?
1: Uh, Yeah, so I would say um, the moments that I have felt that way. I mean, thankfully, I have never felt um, or I've never experienced, I would say, like outward attacks, right? Like, you know, that we think of, you know, and suddenly like this blatant, you know, people calling you names or like, you know, discrimination or things like that. At the same time, I have lived in bubbles. You know, I like to say, I have uh, chosen to live in places where people are generally accepting. I work in a field that is generally accepting. Um, You know, I work at places that are generally accepting. So, Um, You know, I've always lived in big cities, Austin and Denver, um, where there's always a community of LGBTQ folks around. Um, So I think that has um, maybe helped protect me from some of the discrimination that is certainly out there. Um, I think some of the ways that I have felt uh, oppressed, though, is, you know, more so on a on a societal structural level, um, particularly in terms of like, you know, our laws in society. I mean, uh, now, you know, for the last five years we've had marriage equality uh, and I am married to my partner who's a woman um, and was able to do that, um, I guess, almost four years ago now. Um, But as I was coming into my own, you know, like, you know, 10, 15 years ago, like that was not an option. And that was not something that I saw as an option for myself and my life. And I think that is a form of oppression because, um, I was not able to have the same. I could not at that time see that I would have the same opportunities, um, of equality for my life and the relationships just simply because of the person that I loved. And I think that did harm, um, to me and to, um, the relationship I was in before, because I could not envision a future because I had never seen, um, what it was like for, um, two women or two men or, um, or non-binary folks to be transgender folks to be together and to have the same rights that, um, straight heteronormative folks had heterosexual folks had. Um, and so I think that limited a lot of, I, I think I, had like a lot of internalized oppression is, is what I guess what I'm saying. And uh, um, I felt like I couldn't see that future for myself. Also, there was limited media representation of LGBTQ folks. Um, There's a lot more now, which I'm very thankful for. There's so many great shows out there um, that I'm like, oh, my 18 year old self would have loved this, you know, but at that time, there was not that. And I was struggling to see people like myself, um, particularly people that we're queer and Latinx, um, as well, and lesbian and Latinx, and, you know, and all of the different, um, intersectionalities of identities, so, um, I think that was one form, and then I think another way is, um, you know, not, not so much that anybody at my job has oppressed me or anything, nobody's, like, it hasn't prevented me, I don't think, in, like, pursuing my career, or my field, but I do feel like. Um, with my job, especially because I do work with undergraduate students, um, there is a level of like sometimes I'm not sure of how out I should be at work. Um, just because, you know, I, I don't know, you know, students are coming from all different kinds of backgrounds and experiences. And like I don't want that to be a barrier between our connection, but is how I've how I've thought in the in the past. And I think I've come now to more of an understanding of where I'm like, you know, I rather students. Be authentic with my students, because I think they appreciate that so much more. And I rather be someone that they can look to as maybe a role model if there is another, you know, Lauren out there from 18 years ago, um, their freshman year of college, that is trying to look for a queer um, person to look to. And even if it may be uncomfortable to some, I want to be able to be there to support those that need me or need to see a role model Uh, again, you know, especially somebody who's queer and Latinx, because that is even less so than, you know, just queer, just Latinx. And so, um, and, you know, to help maybe some students that haven't been exposed to people like myself as well, to maybe see, you know, I am a real, you know, a person, um, you know, I'm a human, I have same thoughts, feelings as as other folks. And so um, to kind of Hope people have a greater understanding of what it's like to be queer and Latinx as well. So um, I think that has been a journey that I have been on, too, is just uh, more embracing who I am and my identity and living in my full self um, while at work, too. Is it okay that we go over for about 10 minutes? Oh, sure.
0: Yeah okay cool cool cool. because like i feel like the the next and also our next section is about you know your thoughts you already uh touch upon that already like you want to be a role model in higher education and because of there's not that many queer latina role models for younger Mm -hmm. generations so that's very important for you Is there anything that you wish people knew about you or that
1: you will want to say to different communities? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, it is a journey of understanding. I think, um, you know, to, I may, at this point in my life, seem like I have things a little bit more together, but it's certainly been a journey to, um, to get here, you know, lots of Great therapy that I've had, lots of great friendships and relationships, and mentors that have poured into me as well, and um, that I'm super thankful for um, to get me to where I am. My partner, of course, has been um, su- super supportive of all that I do, um, and I think we have, you know, con- gone through our own journey of understanding who we are together too, which is also kind of fun, <laughs> and so, um, so that's good. Um, Trying to think of other things that people may not know about me. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I mean, I think um, I think a big one is just like um, that. I have to to work to like I've had to do a lot of work on myself, a lot of self reflection work um, to be to where I'm at, and it's a continuous work and journey that I do. Um, and you know, as human, I do falter and, um, make mistakes and things like that. But I'm on a continuous journey to, to be my best self. And, and that would be something I would share with the community as well. So, you know, like, um, we're always on a journey of learning and understanding who we are and our identities, you know, we're constantly, um, evolving and learning throughout our lives. And so, um, I would just say, you know, I think it's okay to continue learning and to continue working on yourself throughout your life is, I think, very important. And um, uh, for other young Latinx queer folks like myself, I would just say, you know, um, be, be who you are, be proud of who you are, um, find people that are supportive of who you are, and that uh, will love you for who you are. Um, I think another thing that's really helped me throughout my journey has been I've been a part of different groups that have been very supportive in undergrad and grad school. Um, And I think those helped um, uplift me as well. And so um, finding groups of like-minded individuals is, um, I think really helpful to, to be able to um, gain confidence and feel a sense of belonging um, no matter uh, where you are. I, I just thought about something because you said sure. that
0: you were super involved with your church and that you, right. Group. Yes. how is your interaction <laughs> with church and your faith? Oh, now? good
1: question. Yeah. Good way to bring that back. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's also was a journey that I have been on. Um, yeah. So actually, um, you know, once I got to college, I kind of, I think most college students kind of don't aren't as involved in church anymore um, as they maybe once were when they were growing up when they were with their families and stuff. But um, so I think that's kind of normal, but I think I, it was more to a level for me where I did feel like, um, you know, I didn't want anything to do with the church for a while. Um, I think I, I, uh, I actually ended up doing, I was a sociology major in college, and so I actually, my final capstone paper was actually a research paper about um, uh, gay and lesbian young adults finding community at a, at a church, at a church that was um, uh, supportive of, um, I guess it's, I can't remember what it's exactly called, but it's a church for gay and lesbian folks. So that's kind of like, I think that helped me because I was able to see and meet other people. That were coming to terms with their Christianity or spirituality and religion and their um, gay and lesbian identity. And so that helped me a bit um, to continue that. I um, haven't been as involved in church as I was back in those days. I would consider myself more of a spiritual person. Um, I did, tr- my partner and I did go to a church here briefly for a while. It was actually a Methodist church. It's very, um open has a, a large gay and lesbian population um, here in Denver. Um, and I did feel very supported there, but we we haven't gone in a while. But um, I do feel like there are spaces now. If I did want to embrace those identities, I could do it a little bit more. Um the churches have become more supportive, and um I feel that, that you can find support at um some churches for um LGBTQ folks. And I'm, I'm really glad for that. I think that's important. And for me personally, I think it's just part of who I am in ways that like, I can't, it's just like embedded in who I am in my upbringing. So there's definitely times that come out where I'm like, Oh God, you know, or, or else, you know, I pray sometimes, or if it's a difficult time or, you know, I even think about, well, God, you know, this was, you know, not part of God's plan or, you know, like things like that, you know, and I think it's just like my mom kind of talking to me too, but cause those are things that she says, but, um, I would say that I have a, a spiritual aspect to myself and, you know, do believe in a higher being of sorts. Um, I'm just not involved in a organized religion, I think. There's still a lot of oppression that the church perpetuates as well towards um, many groups of people, LGBTQ folks, women, um, lots of different groups. So um, other religious um, groups. And so um, I can't say that I strongly identify with a faith at this point or a church, but I do have I do feel a little bit more that I have healed a little bit more from those previous experiences.
0: Thank you for sharing because that's a very personal piece of the whole story as well. And, and I learned so much from your journey and thank you. So for being so open up and honest about your experience and your stories to share on this Mm -hmm. podcast, do you want people to find you? How do people (laughs) find you?
1: Uh, Sure. Yeah, you can find me. Um, I am on Twitter and my handle is at L as in Lauren, C O N six seven eight. And then I am also on Instagram and my handle there is at E L L E underscore A R E underscore C E E. Sorry, I had to think about it because <laughs> it's like my name, but or it's my initials, but spelled out. So L R C, but. <sighs> And then um you're also welcome to email me too. Um my email is uh Lauren L A U R E N, my first name, dot Contreras C-O-N-T-R-E-R-A-S at du dot edu. Thank you so much. I'll put
0: all the handles and contact info in the episode notes. And in this episode, we talk so much about Lauren's journey, stories of coming out and how you identify yourself as a queer Latina lesbian as well that's that's just a lot of intersectional <laughs> like, well how do you call that word intersectionality yes yes intersectionality. intersectionality that's right so and then right now you're working in the higher education so hoping to bring that influence and a positive role model to the younger generation and we also talk a little bit about your interaction with church and faith and now moving towards being a spiritual person Um, Mm -hmm. is there anything that we missed?
1: I don't know. I think we covered a lot in, yeah. uh, in a short amount of time. I mean, yeah. I mean, we didn't talk too much about my scholarly identity, but that's all good. You know, <laughs> it's there. Um, yeah. I also do a lot of research and things, and yeah. um, but I think that's it's all part of who I am, and um, I think um, everything that I am, I bring to all that I do, um, and it all connects and intersects in some way. So, um, and I think. Um, that's the way that I have found that I can live my best life is when everything kind of connects and has purpose and meaning and connection with one another because that way I'm not having to silo out who I am and my identities in different places and I can just bring my full self everywhere I am
0: thank you so much for coming to the show
1: yeah no problem thank you for having me
0: Thanks for listening to Chai with Ping. If you think someone will benefit from this episode, don't forget to share it with them. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. If you like my show, you can buy me some chai with small donations. Details are in the episode notes. Till next time!